Warning, this episode contains discussions about sexual assault and or violence, which may be triggering to survivors. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of this podcast, Life as a Sex Worker, Navigating Sex, Marriage, and Motherhood. I am your host and your favorite dominatrix, Anastasia Senpai, and today's episode is going to be <laughs> a doozy. Um, today, we're going to be touching on the overturning of Roe versus Wade and how that affects uh, sex workers. And so, um, yeah, let's get into it. We're going to jump right into it. So recently in the United States, if you're not from the United States and you're listening, hello, welcome. It's ghetto over here. Um, (laughs) But as most people in the United States know, um, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Uh, recently and Roe versus Wade is uh, the law that was in place that would basically prohibit um, any individual states from banning abortion Um, that was overturned and I know a lot of people thinking like okay well it's just abortion and blah 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 and my whole thing is um It doesn't matter if you are pro-life or pro-choice. You should just be pro yourself. Like what the next person is doing is none of your business. And you should, you have no right to dictate how somebody should live their life and what choices they should be making with their body. But not only that, um, a lot of the states that are banning abortion, the reasoning for them banning abortion is really... uh, backed by religion um and that sucks um there's supposed to be a separation of religion and state that is obviously not the case in america otherwise we wouldn't have these fucking conservative white you know right-wing assholes all over the place talking about what women should and shouldn't do with their bodies and they shouldn't be having abortions and it's like it's not it's nobody's business um but also everybody in america is not christian or catholic um And it's really just not fucking right. Um, But yeah, we're really going to dive into what that truly means for sex workers and um, what that honestly means for everybody. It, It goes way beyond sex workers and it honestly goes beyond women. Um. So, of course, when I heard this, I took a couple days off and just really... I honestly just kind of sat in the the announcement and the information that Roe versus Wade was overturned. I was honestly sick to my stomach. Now, I have I currently have one active partner. I am polyamorous, but I currently have one active partner. Um we don't we don't use barriers or anything like that because my partner opted to have a vasectomy. So he has a a permanent form of birth control, which allows me to not have to alter my body with, you know, with the surgery or with um, hormonal birth control or anything like that, um, because he understood that it makes me feel like shit 
and he wanted me to feel my absolute best and he doesn't want me sick or not feeling well or anything like that and so he's just like shit 30 minute procedure 500 bucks I'm here for it I'm gonna do it I don't want no kids you know I don't want any more kids anyway so that's that um and he made that decision for himself but it was honestly one of the best decisions we've ever you know he's ever made you know apart from you know being with me because you know I'm the best thing that ever happened to that nigga but that's another story um but um it's something that he chose to do on his own and he made the decision on his own um and that's his right and so with this it's a huge issue um because now I'm concerned about you know, possibly having another partner because I am very much uh, a fucking cisgendered woman and my uterus just be doing the absolute most every month and I'm very fertile and I would hate to have, you know, another partner and obviously we would use barriers, but then, you know, an accident happened or something happens and now I'm forced to have a child that I may or may not want to bring into this world at this particular time. And for the record, I'll say it. I don't want to have any more children. I'm done. I'm past that stage in my life. <laughs> I'm done with that. Um, but even if I still wanted to have children in the future, it should be up to me on whether or not I want to carry that pregnancy to term. And um, I live in Texas. So as of right now in Texas, even if someone wanted to have abort an abortion, they would have to do so before six weeks. Um, and that is extremely hard to do for the simple fact that most people don't know the actual date of conception. The only time you can pinpoint the date of inception is if you're using um, methods like IVF or things like that. There's really no other way for you to know exactly the date of inception if you are naturally um if you fucking, <laughs> if you fucking every day in a week, you don't know which one of them fucking days conception happened. Um, so everything is a guesstimate. Um, and so it's just, it's crazy. Uh, one of the things that I talked to a friend of mine about, I actually went on his podcast as a guest. And one of the things that I mentioned in this podcast is how, um, Roe versus Wade, the overturning of Roe versus Wade really is going to have a major effect on sex workers, um, on trans men, on um, cisgender women. Um, and honestly, really, is going to have an effect on everybody because if people are thinking, oh, it's just abortions. No, you're thinking about people no longer being able to access health care, safe health care. Um, so it's going to affect more than just, you know, people with uteruses. Um, but also there's a high rate of sexual assault, of rape, um, things like that within the sex work community. And it's not because of sex workers. It's because of people preying on sex workers. A lot of people look at sex workers as less than, you know, or unworthy and, they treat a lot of sex workers like shit. And there has been, you know, many stories that I've heard about 
um, escorts being assaulted, dominatrix being assaulted, um, dancers being assaulted. There's been so many stories about this. And so it's been extremely hard for our community because we already deal with a ton of bullshit when it comes to our safety, our physical safety, our health. And, you know, we already have to deal with a lot of shit. So this was um, absolutely gut-wrenching to hear and to deal with. And so I know myself and a lot of my friends within the community, we all kind of stepped back from social media and was just like, shit, we got to take some deep breaths and just leave these fuckers alone. Um, And so it's just been really hard. Um, But I know that a lot of people in the community are also queer. So for a lot of trans, uh, trans men, it's already hard to receive proper care because um, in America, there is a stigma surrounding homosexuality and um, being queer is looked down upon in a lot of conservative areas, especially in places like Texas. Of course, you have, you know, metropolitan areas, Dallas and Houston and Austin, places like that where, you know, things are more accepted. There's gay bars, gay neighborhoods, things like that. But y'all have to remember that those are just a couple cities out of a big ass state that's racist and homophobic. Uh, So it's really fucking tough. Um, It's already tough. And so dealing with this situation with Roe versus Wade, I think that it is, it's just really all around fucked up. And so this is kind of like the beginning of white conservative America of them stripping women of their rights. And I try to tell people, if you are a human being, you should be upset about this. If you're a human being, it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, lesbian, it doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter, you know, if you are, you know, a cisgendered heterosexual man, like you should be fucking mad that they did something like this and people are saying oh well you know the government shouldn't have a say so in you know bodily autonomy and so the supreme court you know the court shouldn't have had a law in place anyway but you have to understand that roe versus wade stopped individual states from banning abortion so even though states might having in their law like oh you can't have an abortion at a after such and such time or you can't have an abortion it didn't it it didn't matter because federal law said with Roe versus Wade that no state can you know prohibit an abortion um or ban abortion altogether and so now that Roe versus Wade is overturned it basically puts those uh those laws into the hands of each individual state. So right now, there's really only a handful of states where abortion is still available. Now, there are a number of reasons why a woman would wanna get an abortion. Uh, She may have been assaulted, and as a result of that assault, she may be pregnant. 
she uh, may not be ready for children. She may not want children. You know, she may have wanted children so bad and found out she was pregnant and then went to her first appointment and found out it was an ectopic pregnancy. So it's a, an egg that implanted in her fallopian tube instead of her uterus. And she could literally die if she doesn't have an abortion. And a lot of states are banning abortion, period. They don't care why. They don't care when. They don't care, you know, they don't give a shit at all. They don't care. Um, And so it's extremely frustrating to watch not only men creating these laws and putting these laws into effect, but old ass white men, old ass men, period. Old ass people, period. And it it frustrates me because there's no way that a 75-year-old man could possibly understand what the youth of this country wants, which is what who they should be making these laws for and who should, who they should be listening to because all the motherfuckers 70, 80, 85 years old, they ass is going to die anyway. So these laws are not, by the time these laws come into place, they ass is going to be... Uh, one foot into hell because I don't I just don't see how any of these conservative motherfuckers making it to heaven anyway but that's another story but you know most people know um politics and sex work has always kind of gone hand in hand there's always been laws in place to prohibit certain types of things you know I Although I'm not new to the, uh, even though I'm not new to the lifestyle and I've been in the BDSM lifestyle for over a decade, I just learned recently that I can't, I can't advertise that in my, for my sessions that I do pegging, but I can't advertise that because it's considered illegal. In the same way that being an escort or a prostitute is illegal in most states, <laughs> apparently so is pegging. And so I I had a friend of mine just point that out like, hey, uh, I know you putting yourself out there. You have your little information stuff, your little infograph, but you may want to take pegging off of that. You may want to take pegging off of that and just talk about that in private with your client even with emails, don't have pricing and uh, don't have pricing and pegging all in the same email. Don't do that. Um, so it's just definitely been, it's been crazy. Um, but there's always been politics surrounding sex work. Um, one of the most one of the most well-known laws within the industry is the foster sister uh, law. It was created, it was supposed to basically, uh, it was really intended to stop sex trafficking, but it is such a controversial bill because it, I'm really trying to figure out the best way to say it. 
that it also goes into uh, stopping things like prostitution, which inherently, personally, isn't inherently bad. There's nothing bad about prostitution. It if it's consensual between if it's between two consenting adults, I think people need to get the fuck out of their business, and that's that. But uh, Sesta Foster pretty much combats the online sex trafficking shit, or it tries to combat it because honestly, sex trafficking hasn't gone anywhere. And as long as these fucking idiots that are in office are trying to pass bills in, you know, pass bills in their little offices and stuff, then nothing is going to change. The things that change or the things that combat sex trafficking is obviously paying attention to what's going on around you. Like for me, when I'm at the, you know, when I'm at the dungeon or if I'm at a meetup or a munch or something like that, I'm definitely scoping the room. I'm definitely making sure there's nobody watching our group. I'm definitely making sure nobody's being followed. I'm definitely making sure that I'm enable, you know, enacting the buddy system. Like if I go with a group of friends, every single person needs to be accounted for. We making sure every single person get home. We making sure, and on top of that, we making for sure everybody is of age. So it's just, there's so many things that can be put into place that can combat sex trafficking but like i said these motherfuckers in congress and shit they're not really worried about sex trafficking they don't give a damn about these young you know these young kids who are being snatched up they're more concerned about censoring the adults that are online so that for that it really fucked with a lot of us with our money um, like a lot of times we can't use, there's a lot of platforms we can't use. Like we can't use uh, certain websites. We can't use PayPal. If PayPal even thinks you're a sex worker, you will have your accounts frozen. They will freeze your accounts. That's why I tell people all the time. I tell, I tell new doms all the time, please don't use Venmo. Please don't use Venmo. For me, personally, cash is king. But a lot of times, men have to pay for a session or subs have to pay for a session, part of it beforehand. So we use other, you know, we use other things for that. But I tell people, don't don't use any PayPal-related service because if they even get a sniff of you being a sex worker, they're going to freeze your shit. So it's just been, it's crazy. And even with that, um, I know before my hiatus, I talked about the battle, you know, the whole battle against sex workers and social media and how a lot of social media platforms are, uh, they discriminate against sex workers, but they discriminate most against sex workers of color. Um, and that still carries weight a whole year later. Uh, even recently Twitter, my whole account got suspended for a while because they said, Oh, you're, 
your uh, photo, your photo at the top of the page, it is showing nudity. Now, mind you, I had lingerie on in this folder, in this photo, and I had my back to the camera so you could obviously see my ass cheeks but I had on lingerie and you can actually see the lace from the lingerie it wasn't like bare naked ass and coochie and all that stuff and so I was just like wait what I didn't have this this damn header up there for two damn years and now all of a sudden y'all come out the blue but I'm like Yo, they sucking dick on the timeline. Why are you why why are you worried about a photo if y'all really getting into it? And there's a lot of times I see white creators and um white sex workers, you know, with all kinds of shit out, ass, titties, coochie, all kinds of shit. They bending over and doing yoga poses and shit all in their damn header photos. And I'm like, damn, I can't even wear lingerie. And so I'm like, all right, bet. So now, because of all of this stuff going on, you know, the house bill, uh, the house bill, the foster house bill, and then the SESTA bill that the Senate did, um, it's just been hell. So it's like, they really put it where it's like any provider um, or computer service that allows people to promote this kind of stuff, they're going to be held responsible as a quote unquote publisher. So, uh, the way for, you know, that's a way for the government to pretty much say, if you allow sex workers to advertise, if you allow them to do whatever they're going to do on your website, you're going to be held responsible in the same way that they would. So if you have somebody that's on there that is, you know, posting an ad for party, pro, you know, prostitution or whatever, um, even if it's consensual, like they don't give a fuck. So a lot of these businesses and companies and a lot of these web hosting companies, they completely shut us out. So it's been making it harder and harder and harder for us to, you know, really gain and maintain an online presence. Um, yeah, it gets harder and harder. And that's even like, that's one of the most crucial parts about being a sex worker right now is because this is the digital age. Everybody has an app for it. Everybody's on their iPhone, on their Samsung. Everybody's on their phones. Everybody's on their iPads. Everybody's on their laptops. And so nobody is sitting, um, you know, or nobody is going out into random places looking for this stuff like there is online access to everything people like to have access to things instantly and so with a lot of sex workers even you know during the height of the pandemic sex workers were making money because everybody was stuck at home nobody can go out and socialize nobody can go out and socialize and I feel like this is the time where we got hit the hardest with all the, you know, Foster Sesta bullshit and these online platforms were hitting us, shutting down our pages left and right. And, you know, and then to add it on top of that, we have to deal with people within the industry, you know, whether it's because they are envious of, you know, someone's status or anything like that. We had a, um, 
probably one of the one of the best known sex workers in the game right now. She's a dominatrix. She um, has play. She throws play parties strictly for uh, black and Latinos. And she's been doing amazing work within the community, doing food drives and, you know, supply drives, all kinds of shit. Her name is Mistress Marley. And she's probably one of the best examples of someone that is always being attacked online. So she has, and I follow her on Instagram, um, and I was briefly part of her organization, um, Black Dom Sorority, before it was disbanded. And when I tell you, somebody was out here, I don't know if it was a combination, I'm pretty sure it was a combination of someone that was out here being envious and also these platforms being on bullshit but her instagram page now mind you she had over like twenty five thousand followers her instagram page would get shut down over and over and over again and when i tell you on her instagram she doesn't even have any she didn't have any nudity nothing like that there was no oh you're you know going against you know you're going against community standards it wasn't none of that because she literally be in there just serving she just be on there serving face you know showing her little outfit of the day showing her purses talking about the classes because she does like safety classes she does like a goddess brunch she does all this kind of stuff and not once has she ever been on instagram naked anything like that she doesn't even have photos where she would need to blur anything out like she's always had nipples covered you know coochie covered like everything and somehow some way her shit would still be getting uh suspended and we were like what the fuck and i was thinking like damn so that that's crazy and it really fucked with me because i got suspended when I got to a certain follower amount and pretty much had to start all the way over and then same thing with Twitter I had to start over and it's just like I don't have the energy for three backup pages you know I'm already you know dealing with my one page that I got to deal with I ain't got time for all the backup pages and so Watching that happen over and over again was just insane. Insane. And so it's just, it's been just completely, completely insane just dealing with that. And so everything that's going on with the political climate, it's, it definitely worries me. Not enough for me to stop doing what I'm doing because either way I'm going to live my life. But it definitely worries me. Because at what point are we going to be able to get over this hump? And at what point are we going to be able to be like, all right, government, that's a fuck enough. You know? Um, so, yeah, it's just been crazy. So, yeah, we're going to pause for a second, have a quick break. And then when we come back from our break, we're going to I'm going to be answering some different questions that I got um, while I was on hiatus. Um I had a lot of people reach out to me and ask me questions, some of them personal um, and some of them about my work and some of them about why I was on hiatus. But I'm probably going to take about 
four to five questions and then I'm going to wrap up. But yeah, we'll be right back after this break. All right, so we are back and we have about four questions. I'm going to do four questions that I got. These are probably the four most asked questions uh, that um, I have people emailing me. I have people sending me on Twitter and on um, Instagram. And so the question that I get the most is, what made you become a dom? So at what point did you know you wanted to be a dom? So I actually told this story recently on uh, my friend's podcast. His podcast is called Sipping and Tipping, and it's really cute. It's really funny. Um, and they talk about relationship shit. But he had me on the show and he asked me uh, the same question. And this happened like many, many years ago. Um, I'm from Chicago and I was in Chicago and I was out with some friends, you know, hanging out on Clark Street, bar hopping. And a guy came up to me and was like, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can slap me across the face as hard as you possibly can. And I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah, I really want you to. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, he put the $50 in my hand and I took all the fucking strength in my body and slapped him as hard as I could in his face. Um, and he got super excited afterwards. I took my 50. I told him, I hope he has an awesome night. If he needs to get slapped again, he can come find me. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, that I was just like, oh, shit. Um, I like this. I like this a lot. And so... <laughs> And so uh, that was kind of the start of that journey. So that happened many, many years ago. And I, I just, I don't know, I've always been in love with it. Uh, a question that I get a lot also is, do I ever reveal my real name to clients? No, I do not. In the same way that almost everybody has an alias online, everybody has another identity online. Um it's important for everybody to protect themselves. You know, I have clients that are high profile clients. They are, they work for, you know, fortune 500 companies. And a lot of them are online in spaces. They keep their face covered. They wear a mask or, you know, they change their name online. And so I, yes, do background checks, but I never reveal who they are. And I also don't tell people my fucking government name. Because for what? What do you need it for? Absolutely no reason. Um, so, no, I don't reveal my real name to clients. Uh, somebody said, how do you find balance between your dom life and vanilla life? It is all about priorities. You prioritize what's, you know, you do what's most important to you and you put what's most important to you at the forefront. And you organize, you stay organized. I have a calendar, my Dom calendar and my vanilla calendar are linked. I know what's going on every day of the week. I know what's what every weekend is looking like. I know where all my free time is. I block out time for myself also. So on my calendar, at least once a week, there's a day or time or multiple hours throughout a week where I block time off and just put busy. I don't put nothing else on it. I just put busy. And I have my phone set for do not disturb for that busy time. 
I go and do what I want to do, whether it's do yoga, work out, go get my hair done, go get my nails done, go go to the spa or go see my esthetician, whatever it is, I block that time out for myself. Um, so I definitely make time for myself. My family always comes first. So if something happens with them or if they have something going on, special event, they want me to be there, support, I'm there. But I put everything on my calendar and I do my best to make sure nothing conflicts. I'm also a planner. So I don't like to do, and no, I shouldn't say I don't like to do, I don't deal with last minute subs. The thing about a lot of subs is a lot of them know, especially ones that travel, a lot of them know, oh, I'm going to be traveling on business in two weeks. If he, if that person wants to session with me, they know to contact me as soon as they find out what their tentative schedule is while they're in Dallas so that they can set that up with me. I don't do last minute shit. I don't do last minute shit because me, I am a planner. I like to make sure the space that we're going to be in is perfect. It has everything I need in it. So I don't fucking do last minute shit. If you are not on my schedule, you're not important. Period. Um, so that's that. I just stay extremely organized and I prioritize family first. Family first. And that's that. Um, the last question I got and one of the questions that I actually get the most is how do you find subs? That's the thing. I don't. I don't go looking for subs. I don't go looking for subs because in my eyes, nobody is worthy to serve me. It is their job to prove to me that they deserve to be in my presence, that they deserve to serve me. And so they seek me out. Um, and the easiest way for subs to find me is basically on my Twitter, on my social. So Twitter, Instagram, um, I have a website, but typically Twitter has the most information. It has my link tree where they can find my website, my OnlyFans, all that stuff. So I make that readily available. They can find my sub application. That's how you know if somebody is serious from the jump. They fill out that sub application. I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay. Let's see what it is. Let's see if, if this is if there's any compatibility. Um, so I don't find subs. They they seek me out. And I think that's a pretty like I think that's across the board for most doms. Um, so, yeah, but that's all the questions we have today. I want to thank you all so much for joining me today after a very long but very much needed one year hiatus. Um, but we'll be back with you every Monday. I cannot wait to see y'all next week um, so we can talk about some more stuff. See y'all later.